With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody. I am Lucia Matuonto, and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin! Hello listeners, today we are having a very important talk. The RV is stopping in Ontario, Canada, and we are talking with Mark Sloan. Mark is an independent health researcher who's written five best-selling books. Mark, welcome to The Relatable Fox. Thank you. It's good to be here. I got some chocolate to keep the stress levels down and uh, the words flowing. Happy to be here. You are doing such a great work. What did you do before becoming an independent health researcher? Uh, before I started writing books, or before we actually had a blog before I started writing books. So, uh, but before that began, um, I've done many things. In high school, I was working for Pepsi. So basically moving skids of pop around, filling the shelves from store to store, like 14 hour days. That was where I learned some good work ethic. Um, then I went to college. I got a diploma in fire sciences. My plan was to become a firefighter. Uh, when I finished school, I got the job as an industrial firefighter at Toyota in Cambridge, Ontario. And I worked there for a number of years. Uh, then I took a hiatus from that. I launched directly into like a work exchange program in Costa Rica at the world's first off-grade treehouse community called the Finca Bella Vista, which means farm with a beautiful view. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. It was two months in the raw jungle. Um, and I definitely learned a lot about myself there too. Almost died a couple times, fell down a uh, waterfall. Uh, anyways, when I got back, uh, I switched to becoming, or at that point I was like, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little older now. I got to figure out what I'm going to do. This is, uh, I put a lot of pressure on myself, leaving my last job and then coming back like this. So, but I ended up working as a limousine driver which is a really great experience. Uh, I did that for five years. And half the time I would be driving people to like concerts, uh, sporting events, uh, bachelor parties, weddings, bachelorettes, just crazy events that would start amazing and end horribly with people puking everywhere. <laughs> um, but those were really fun, interesting experiences. I would bring my guitar and we would all sing and stuff when everyone's drunk at the end of the night. Just some really amazing moments there. But I didn't realize I was kind of like a babysitter when I signed up for that job. Uh, that's basically what you end up being when you're driving people around who are drunk like that. But the other half of the time of that job, uh, I was driving people to Toronto Airport from Kitchener, which was an hour drive. And that was, it turns out that was the perfect amount of time for really, really great conversations. I would sometimes drive people to like Niagara Falls, New York Airport. Mm -hmm. And that's like a three-hour drive from where I was. 
And when people would get in the car for that, I would be in like the, uh, I don't know, short stretch or even like a sedan. But when people would get in the car, it's such a long drive, they wouldn't even really want to converse that much. But from Kitchener to Toronto, which is the most, most times where I would take people, it's just, it seemed to be the perfect amount of time for really, really deep conversations. And in doing those, you know, over and over and over, I kind of realized I started sharing my mother's death because it's like you, you get in the car with something you don't know at all. And I don't know why I just started talking about uh, when I lost my mother when I was 12 years old to cancer. And it, it turns out in doing so, it resulted in some of the best conversations I've ever had because being vulnerable like that and leading the way there, it really kind of sets the stage for other people to be vulnerable and share deep and meaningful things as well. Mm-hmm. So after doing that for a while, I kind of realized like I've got a golden ticket here. Uh, like Charlie, the chocolate factory. Like it, when I talk about this story, people listen and they can relate to it and they want to hear it. It, it seems to energize people. And uh, so I realized what could I do with this? And I was like, you know, no one's solving this disease of cancer. I've been researching this world at that point for over 10 years, mm-hmm. um, reading many scientific studies. Uh, that's usually how I do things is directly from the science itself. And I was like, you know what? No one's solving this disease of cancer. The industry is making way too much money. They're making $126 billion a year. You can't expect them to put themselves out of business and give us answers. Uh, doctors are too busy uh, with patients pretending knives and poison pills are medicine. They're not going to solve it either. Lots of science, I realized, has been done. Really good science. But that stuff is never publicized because it's not profitable. The answers to cancer are not profitable, which is why they're not embraced on the media because the sponsors are like pharmaceutical companies. So it prevents the answers and the breakthroughs that would really help us solve the disease um, from being publicized and widely known. And that's why my research is so exciting because I get to present all these amazing breakthroughs to people. And at that point, when I realized how compelling my story was, I committed to writing a book on cancer and to solving it. I'm like, if if anyone can do it, it's me. Uh, I've been researching for 10 years. I'm really good at it. And um, I didn't know what I was going to come up with at the time. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read every study I can get my hands on. In total, there are almost 4,000 scientific and clinical references in my two cancer books. And um, it's all there. It turns out every I has been dotted. Every T has been crossed. Nobody needs to die of cancer anymore. No. Exactly. And this was a very good experience you had, like meeting people and listening to their stories. And you want to solve the disease of cancer. Do you believe that prevention is the secret to avoid diseases? Yeah, I think prevention is obviously, uh, what do they say, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I think the idea that we need to look for a cure, like a magic bullet, um, it's kind of the wrong paradigm. There's never going to be something that you take that's just you're magically healthy again. So just the whole search for a cure, the whole war on cancer, the idea that we're gonna they're gonna find us a cure. Which, by the way, this is the 50th anniversary of. This is the 50th year after the war on cancer was launched. They promised us a cure. People have given them 500 billion dollars, and what's the result? More people are diagnosed and dying than ever before. So if that's not a failure. I don't know what is. And that's one of the things that motivated me. I was like, okay, they're not going to solve this. I'm going to solve this. I'm going to give it my absolute best shot and we'll see what I come up with. And um, yeah, prevention is definitely the way to go. Uh, But in order to, it's easy to say that, but what does that really mean? Like in order to 
prevent something, you need to know what that thing is. And my research shows that what cancer is, what we're kind of taught that it is, um, is not what it is at all. So that's kind of what I do in my work is talk about what it actually is. Um, and then how to, once you know actually what's happening in the body and someone with cancer then how to treat it starts to make sense. And, um, and it works too. There's lots of research showing that this new paradigm, the idea that cancer is a metabolic disease and not a genetic disease, it works. And this is actually what's happening in the body. So Mm-hmm. What, in your opinion, caused the epidemic of cancer? Uh, yeah, so, well, in order to understand that, I think I need to go back to the, the 1800s, 1860. There's a German physician called Dr. Rudolf Virchow, and he spent his entire career uh, working directly with cancer patients. And he noticed some commonalities among all these patients that happened so universally that in, like, 1862, he published a hypothesis that suggests that chronic unhealing wounds are a precondition for tumor formation. So everybody in his office, he noticed that it would always, uh, a tumor would always sprout up at the site of an injury that someone would have that not never quite healed. I think a lot of people have those, you know, you injure your knee or something and it just still aches for years to come. The, the healing there is incomplete and that would be a prime location where a tumor might form. And there's good reason for that which we can get into. Uh, but if you fast forward to 1830, Dr. Otto Warburg, he looked at individual cells within a tumor and he was like, what's going on in these cells that causes them to be cancer cells? And what he found was that each individual cancer cell is basically a damaged cell. It's a cell that can't produce energy or metabolize effectively because its mitochondria have been damaged. So when you look at Dr. Virchow in the 1860s, you look at Dr. Otto Warburg, another great German physician, two-time Nobel Prize laureate, uh, the common thing happening there is damage. So this is what the evidence has been showing us, and it's been endlessly validated since then, especially within the past 10 years. They're finally admitting scientists in many studies uh, that Otto Warburg, who discovered cancer was just damaged tissue and a metabolic disease over almost 100 years ago, they're finally admitting he's right. And uh, that's how long it takes for science to become known sometimes. Um, but basically, that's what we're dealing with here. If somebody has a tumor, they have damaged tissue. So I really want to illustrate what's kind of happening there, how the damage occurs. So say you're like skateboarding in front of your house. You slip and fall, and you land on your elbow, and you scrape that skin. So the question is, what happens? What's the body's like first response to that damage? And what happens is the body sends stem cells to that damaged area, and then those stem cells can do what is called differentiate, which is like morph into any different cell type in the body that is needed and they will replace the damaged cells and that's how the body heals but when somebody has a tumor something different is happening there it is sending a tumor wound the body sends stem stem cells to the area just like any other uh, injury except turns out the area surrounding the damage is so toxic that the incoming stem cells are immediately damaged when they arrive at the site to repair the damage and so a tumor is actually comprised of dead and dying stem cells, which are, have gone to the area to heal damage. And so that's what a tumor is made of. So first of all, it means there's nothing to be afraid of if somebody has a tumor. Um, it means that basically we have an injury and the body's having a difficult time healing it. So rather than using knives, poisons, and ionizing radiation, surgery, chemo, and radiotherapy, which are treatments that cause further damage, 
So that's like the sum of the medical of the intelligence of an oncologist is that they're taught to treat injuries with treatments that cause further injury. Um, so rather than do that, we simply leave the body alone and give it things that can help it heal. And that really is the answer to cancer. Uh, my work has a real dark side to it because what I've concluded, and I had no idea what I was going to conclude when I began, but I think it validates what we've all seen with our own eyes. When somebody's diagnosed with cancer and then they're treated using surgery, chemotherapy, or radiotherapy, and then they die, it's like people need to ask the question, you know, was it the cancer that killed them or was it these treatments? And my conclusion, which is what I think is happening across the board, is that my mother didn't die of cancer. She was murdered for profit by an industry that cares more about making money than saving lives. It's been known for over 50 years that these treatments kill people faster than they would have died without any treatment at all. And here we are going full steam ahead. And this is the crux of the issue here when it comes to the cancer industry. Um, to put it in the words of Dr. Glenn Warner, uh, he said, we've got a multi-billion dollar industry that's killing people right and left just for financial gain. So when it comes to cancer, if you want to treat it, I would say step one, don't kill yourself by submitting to these so-called treatments, which involve injure, injuring the body further. Um, that's If we really think about that, that's insane. You know, A child could tell us that. It's supposed to be common sense, but somehow we've lost that. Um, so if we're honest and blunt and courageous enough to admit that and to embrace that dark side of what's actually happening, then the light at the end of that tunnel is way brighter than we've ever imagined. It means that you don't have to die of cancer and you can take your own health into your own hands and nobody ever has to die of cancer again, which is really tragic and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, as you said, chemotherapy, radiotherapy. Unfortunately, they also harm our healthy cells and still the cure is not guaranteed. So Mark, through your research, did you find something that can be used in advanced tumors that work well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm really solution oriented. So after I wrote the two books on cancer, it was supposed to be just one, by the way, but it turned out to be two. One on the cancer industry, which is called the cancer industry. And the second one is called Cancer, the Metabolic Disease Unraveled. And that looks at, you know, what's happening in the body. So it's important to, both of those are very important. Um, and then after that, I started to kind of focus on alternatives because once you realize, you know, what your doctor is going to tell you is not going to help, it might kill you. And it's probably going to make the thing, the whole situation worse. Then you need something to kind of fill that void with, to be confident enough to say no when the doctor suggests surgery, for example. Um, so the first book I wrote after that was on red light therapy, which happens to be an incredibly safe and an incredibly effective therapy for every single chronic degenerative disease. I would say every single disease could benefit enormously from that uh, because the origins of all diseases, whatever you want to call it, is actually the exact same, whether it's virally induced, whether it is induced by deficiencies or chemical toxicities, it's the breakdown of the metabolism within cells um, that causes the symptoms that doctors like to label with different names. And they do that because then you can create products for each one, but you need a name for the disease. So that's, there's over 32,000 officially classified diseases today, simply because we have an industry that wants to make profit from treating disease. So it's kind of an offshoot of that. But the beautiful truth here is that the origins of all the diseases out there are the exact same. And as such, um, the best treatments for them, including cancer, 
are also the exact same. So what you really need is like the top five best metabolic therapies in existence, maybe even one or two or three. And uh, you've got yourself an amazing protocol for healing. So when it comes to cancer, I've written about red light therapy. I would say I would say the three books I wrote on the metabolic therapy so far, and there might be more to come, are the absolute three best treatments. And that is red light therapy, balneotherapy, which is bathing in uh, mineral rich carbonated waters, which is has been like the primary method of treatment for literally like 2000 years in Western medicine, all the way up until 1940. That was when it switched to like all of a sudden, oh, knives and poison pills. These are medicine now. Meanwhile, it was always bathing in really warm. Oh, they would sometimes alternate between warm and cold baths, but the minerals and the carbon dioxide, the bubbles in uh, natural springs or simulated baths in uh, therapy centers. Uh, these were very medicinal. And that's what that book's about. That's a fascinating read. Even people who are well-researched into health, they'll be surprised by all the things in the history that they didn't know about. And the third medicine that I just published a book on uh, less than a month ago, and I've been working on it for a year now. So I'm really excited about it is methylene blue. So red light therapy, balneotherapy, methylene blue. These are all, they all work in very similar ways to repair metabolic defects, which once again is the origin mm -hmm. of cancer and all other diseases known. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus and mark what is methylene blue methylene blue it was the very first pharmaceutical drug ever developed in the 1800s, um, and it was used to treat malaria. And it's actually, it was actually developed for the textile industry, which is really interesting, um, as a dye for, for um, fabrics. And it was discovered soon after that it had applications in uh, medicine. And so this amazing blue dye, methylene blue, it turns out repairs metabolic defects. Uh, so basically when the things that power the metabolism in your cells are enzymes. And so if any one of the enzymes in the respiratory chain are defective or not present, um, that's when the metabolism breaks down. That's what can cause disease. And turns out methylene blue can act as an alternative electron acceptor all along the way. It's unbelievable what this stuff can do. And um, if somebody, for example, goes to the hospital who has overdosed on drugs, that's actually the first line of treatment. They'll give them methylene blue and they will probably also give them uh, activated charcoal and sodium bicarbonate, which is baking soda, three extremely inexpensive and extremely safe therapies. Um, methylene blue is also used by fish enthusiasts to keep the fish healthy in aquariums and aquatic ecosystems. So it's really good at, as an antifungal 
And if sometimes fish, if you don't clean the tank out enough, there is like too many nitrates in there. So the fish can get poisoned by that. So methylene blue acts as an antidote for that as well. Um, but so it was initially used as an anti-malarial and it's still to this day, there's kind of a revival in interest uh, using it for anti-malarial purposes. And it's like scientists are rediscovering and finding that this is even to this day, even though we've moved on to other, I think hydroxychloroquine is the mainstream treatment for anti-malarial right now. Yeah. But they realized, you know, methylene blue is even better than that. It, it's literally to this day stands as the number one most potent therapy for it. And since then it's been uh, researched in many different ways for uh, brain applications. A lot of people looking for uh, like nootropics, they call it, which is like a brain boost. People who use little substances for cognitive enhancement. Uh, that methylene blue is very popular amongst them, but it's also been studied um, for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and it seems to be very promising for that as well. But in short, I think when people read my book, they'll realize that this medicine has enormous potential for literally every disease out there, and there's probably nothing that can't benefit from it. I have a special section in there um, for methylene blue's effects on the heart, can keep the heart healthy and young. And another really important section uh, chapter that I wrote on autism, because that is like the number one psychological uh, pathology and disease out there today. And it affects children. So that's really important that we solve that one. So I'm really, really proud of that section, that chapter on autism. And methylene blue looks, it looks like it might be the most promising uh, drug or intervention ever discovered for that and for many more things. There's my long-winded answer on what methylene blue is. You never studied anything related to medicine you discovered it through scientific articles uh yeah so i'm i'm 100 self-taught in that regard um i've one of my main mentors i would say and one of the my favorite people in the entire world especially in the nutrition and health uh scene is dr raymond pete and he's been this uh, he's been a doctor i mean his whole life he's like 80 years old and he's been researching um, non-mainstream, like his conclusions are always very different. So he's been going against the grain for just decades and decades. I have so much respect for him. And he gets all of his information from studies as well and derives very different conclusions from them. So that was kind of my main mentor where I got into it. I read a lot of his articles and um, I read hundreds of books on health, on many different ideas. And I've also read some textbooks on health as well, uh, especially endocrine physiology, like hormones which mm -hmm. I think are very important. A lot of people don't talk about them because they're kind of complex at first, but they're also critical, I think. So yeah, that's kind of um, my research. And then of course, reading all the scientific research myself and which is often written in like a different language, you know, mm -hmm. scientific research, like the papers. I don't know why they would write it that way, but it's for, like, ultimately science is for humanity, right? To make life better for us all. So if you're going to write it in another language, it's like people can't understand it, the people that need it. So I, I look at my role as like a translator. So I go in there, look at all this complex information and then simplify it in a way that could be understood by anyone. And my goal is of any age. And so that we can all benefit from it and we can kind of move forward. And you have an amazing website. Your website shows many articles and possible treatments for cancer or other diseases. For example, I saw you published something about carbon dioxide, dioxide as you said. Yeah, yeah I focused on CO2 quite a bit. It's very misunderstood. 
can you tell us a little bit about DCA? I've never heard about it. Uh, yeah, it's been a while since I've thought about that one, but I remember how it works. That one, um, I forget specifically which enzyme, oh. but um, it actually makes up for if one specific enzyme is deficient in metabolism within cells, then it actually um, corrects that deficiency. So mm-hmm. it seems to be very effective. And that that's one of the good pharmaceuticals, I would say, because it targets uh, defective metabolism, which once again is like the root cause of what's happening in disease. Um, Mm -hmm. CO2 is another story, um, a fascinating one. There's so many different ways to approach it. Um, but I think I would approach it like this. Um, many people realize that, you know, disease, one of the things that's happening, which has been spoken about by professor Arthur C. Guyton, which is the author of the world's leading medical textbook. Um, he said, you know, all disease, all pain and suffering stems from lack of oxygen at a cellular level. So it's, I think I think a lot of people have come across that kind of concept and the idea that you know as soon as the cell loses its ability to use oxygen, then it becomes sick and that's when the person starts to get symptoms and then you get labeled with a disease and then you get treated and on and on. So lack of oxygen is the crux of the issue and it turns out that the body can't use oxygen unless it has adequate CO2. So it's kind of a paradox. It turns out that uh, oxygen is transported through the blood by red blood cells. And then if there's no CO2 present, because CO2 serves as the trigger, which releases the oxygen from the red blood cells and shuttles it into cells for use, with lack of CO2, your body can't use oxygen. So this is why um, CO2 is so critical for health. And when um, Dr. Konstantin Buteko, Ukrainian scientist in the early, early 20th century, he was looking at, you know, what... What do all these people who are sick have in common, regardless of what the disease is called? And what he found was a deficiency of carbon dioxide. So I would say from my research and what the evidence suggests is that one of the quickest ways to reverse any disease and all metabolic issues is to increase CO2 in the body. What do you, Mark, think we should start doing right now to avoid cancer? I think a lot of people are afraid of sunshine these days which I think is kind of crazy. Like sun is so important, especially in the human body. Everyone knows we need it for vitamin D, but what people don't realize is that what is arguably more beneficial than the vitamin D you get from sunshine is the red and near infrared radiation that comes from it. This is uh, in short red light therapy. Um, and it turns out 60% of the radiation coming from the sun is in the red and near infrared and in the spectrum. So that's enormously beneficial and not just beneficial. It's like essential. Um, you can be thought of red light can be thought of as an essential nutrient. And if you're not getting enough, then you're not going to be healthy. There's no way around that. I don't think. And when you use, when you lather on sunscreen, it actually prevents your body from receiving that red and your infrared light. So one thing I would say is one, get more sunshine. If you're not getting burnt by the sun, it's almost pure benefit. So, my strategy then would be to go out in the sun for 15 to 30 minutes without um, sunscreen. And then if, gonna be, if I'm going to be out for a long time, I would put on the sunscreen at that point. But I think it's important to give yourself some time in the sun without sunscreen so your body can absorb all the benefit from the sun. And uh, that would be some really good advice. That'd be my best mm-hmm. advice to start that could help people. It's so impressive what you are doing. What is next for you, Mark? 
It's a great question. And I, I kind of realized that unfortunately I can't do everything. I'm the kind of guy who wants to, you know, I want to help people and, and also help myself. Um, but I, I'm kind of switching gears right now. Um, I just published my, my fifth book, like I said, and I gave people some alternative treatment options. And I'm going to kind of ride the wave of that for a while. Keep running my red light store, keep selling books and answering questions when people email me and helping people in that way any way I can. But recently, one of my dreams that I've been dreaming for like 12 years and saving up for for a long, long time is to build my own farm and homestead and do it in a way that produces as much food as possible while regenerating the environment and while using no poisons or toxins or anything like that. So I want to do things right and be a real example in this world. So two months ago, I purchased 15 acres of land and I just put in a driveway and I'm in the process of building an off-grid earthship style house, which is probably the most uh, ecologically sustainable and beneficial form of human habitation ever devised. So it's a really awesome style of architecture that basically involves uh, the use, like the main building component is our used tires and you, you pound dirt into it with a sledgehammer and it becomes like a 400 pound steel belted brick. And so if you think of like a large rectangular shaped house, three of those walls would be made of these pounded tires up about 10 feet. And then the front face, which is facing south. So you get the sunshine in there in the winter all day long when you need it. Um, that's pure glass. So uh, in, in short, this house stays 70 degrees year round without heating or cooling. It collects all the rainwater that lands on the roof, trickles down into two cisterns at the back. So all your water's taken care of. I'm going to have an array of solar panels all across the front above the windows. And so all the electricity is produced right there on site. All your waste, instead of putting it in a sewer, it goes directly into the garden. Uh, black water and things are composted and then fed to trees that don't bear fruit or food. Because that would be a little bit uh, kind of gross, you know. <laughs> but that's really important to keep those nutrients on the site instead of flushing them down the toilet. So uh, I'm just really trying to do things right. I'm building a farm and I'm really excited about it. So instead of, or I guess what I realized is I can't continue to write books and in the real world, you know, use a chainsaw, build my house and operate that business at the same time. So I'm shifting gears into the real world where I begin building my dreams, my farm, my house, and uh, begin living the life that I've been dreaming of for many years. And if anyone's interested in that, you can go to www.letsgrowfarm.ca. And uh, I'm posting videos on every step of the way. So you can watch the progress, watch it all unfold. And my other website, if you're interested in my health work, is endalldisease.com. You sign up there. You can get uh, three free eBooks that I give you just for signing up. And that's a good start to help you on your way to better health. Can you tell us your book's names? Uh, yeah, so if you go to endalldisease.com slash books, you can see all my books there. Uh, one is The Cancer Industry, and they're all on Amazon, by the way. So if you want to search for it that way, that works as well. The other is Cancer, the Metabolic Disease, Unraveled. Uh, the next one is Red Light Therapy, Miracle Medicine. The next one is Bath Bombs and Balneotherapy. And the last one, which I just published, is called The Ultimate Guide to Methylene Blue, which if you only read one, uh, that's a hard choice, actually. But I'm really, really excited about my most recent one. I'm just getting really efficient at talking about things. It's about far more than methylene blue. It talks about um, exactly what's happening in the body with disease, and I get into, like, specifics. So I had a recent review saying, you know, I feel like I could write an exam to become a doctor after reading this. Uh, bravo, you know, they were really thrilled about that. So 
I'm excited to anyone who reads it. If you put in the time to do it, you're going to be rewarded. And I guarantee you will not regret it. It's my, I really love my work. I'm passionate about it. And I, I got a feeling you'll love it too. Ah, oh, that's so amazing. And we need people like you, Mark. You're studying so much. You are sharing with people. This is the most important thing. You are not only keeping it for you. You are telling people and you can help a lot of people who don't know what to do when get a an diagnosis yeah, of cancer. So, Mark, thank you very much. Thanks, Lucia. It's been a pleasure. And thanks to everyone who is listening. You guys give me hope. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.